Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host from Los Angeles, California, Joey. No chill, pray now. Hello, Andy. Good morning, July 12th, 2021. 71221. All right, here we are. Yeah. I'll give a birthday shout out real quick. My buddy Chad Cutter. That's why I was saying the date. Happy big 4-0. Wow, Cutter, happy birthday, buddy. Yeah. It's uh it's a big one. I'll be there soon in November. Although 40 is the new 20, right? Sure. I can tell you as somebody who's 42, 40 is not the new 20. Your fucking whole body hurts when you're 40. I was I was just watching over the weekend. With guy on couch, we were watching some of Forty Year Old Virgin, and it was pretty funny because he's forty. His name's yeah. Andy. I'll be forty. My name's Andy. You're a virgin. True. I feel like one. It's been so long. Yeah, you're you're. What do they what do they call it when it's like a the girls like reversionize themselves? Born again virgin. Born again virgin. No, I'm not that. I'm just. Uh, I'm just, I'm just too lazy right now. I did hear a classic line from Guy on Couch in Milwaukee this weekend. Before we went to the game Friday, his line walking out the door of his apartment to go to the bars was, let's bring back some five and a halfs. <laughs> it wasn't five. It wasn't six. It was Guy five and a half. Couch halves. is also single? Yes. Jeez. And no one came back. It was just two stoner dudes coming back to eat pizza every night. But I have to say, Milwaukee is a lovely city. Yeah? Yeah, it is. I've never been. I've been to the airport. I've technically been in the city, but I has, I've spent no time there whatsoever. Well, you know, having the lake right there, and the lake looked really pretty this weekend. He said it's unusually blue. And he lives not even, not even a half mile. He's on the east side from a giant trail that runs along the water and the beach, like their beach. And yeah, I thought, I think it's a beautiful city. It's a small city, but it's a beautiful city. And obviously very bar heavy. I, I, I had a great experience at, I'm just going to keep calling it Miller Park. Apparently everybody does out there too. I not think that's a, appropriate. Yeah, it's a, it's a, you'd like the stadium, I think, Prano. I I really want to go. I've been trying to get there for years. I think the Mets are there this year in September, August or September. Been trying to make a trip. Been trying to. There's a couple of uh. There's there's a new comedy club in uh, in Milwaukee called Laughing Tap. We were in negotiations for a while, but they fell off. If you're in Milwaukee and you're listening to this, you should definitely go on Laughing Tap's Instagram and tell them that you want Joe Prano to come. 
but uh, I, I really want to go to that ballpark. I mean, obviously forget that it's one to check off my list, but also, I mean, there's the Miller vibes. So it's the only dome stadium that has like a fan shape in the world that has a fan shape. That's what I was told. Okay. I don't even know what that means, but well, you know how it, it closes, you know, it looks different than most of the domes. Yeah. And just how it opens and closes. Now it was beautiful weather. It was like low seventies. So the, the dome was open on Friday night, but it's a pretty stadium and they have some unique features in right field is a section where you can get food right behind the wall, food and drinks, which is crazy. Like you could be eating, you're watching the game and we were watching batting practice. We got there early and, you know, guys are jacking ball. Like we saw a ball land right in a guy's play of plate of food. It was hilarious. That's awesome. You guys got there real early for batting practice. Yeah. We got there about 50 minutes early. They were still taking batting practice 50 minutes before the game. Yeah. Wow. Maybe, maybe it was an hour before the game. I, he wanted to give, you know, and I wanted to see the, the park. He's like, I want to give you a full tour. I honestly, I, I don't do it enough anymore. And Dodger stadium has always been weird about it here, but I, I almost like if I can get there to watch the entirety of batting practice, I almost enjoy that more than I wa- enjoy watching the game. Yeah. I, lo- I love to watch professional hitters take batting practice. And I love, and batting practices was my favorite thing about playing baseball, not even just hitting, hitting, shagging, taking ground balls, like just a day, just like a, a day of batting practice is so much fun. It's like it, that to me is almost more baseball than baseball because you do it so much more. Uh, obviously, major league ball players play a lot more games than they take batting practice. But as a, you know, as a high schooler, you know, you take batting practice pretty much every day. You play two games a week. Yeah. Yeah. And I agree. It, it was nice. I, I couldn't tell you last time I was there for batting practice. It was towards the tail end, but it was nice to see. And it was nice to walk all the way around the park. I think it's a beautiful park. It's big. It doesn't seat that many, but you know, like their highest seats are going to be way higher than the seats in Cincinnati at great American ballpark. But it's, it's, it's a pretty park. It's, it's a little ways out. It's not in the city. I guess that's where the old park was as well. So it's on the Western side. So that's kind of the only bummer is it's just surrounded by parking lots. Right. So you're not going anywhere, but what's cool about Milwaukee, you'd love this. All these bars have shuttles for free. If you're that's at awesome. the bar and, and I'm not talking just one. I'm like, he said, let's go down to this street, Brady street. Where's a ton of bars. He's like, I'll have some beers. We'll get some food before the game. And the shuttles will start like the whole street, all the bars. And then when you leave the game, they take you home or back to the bar. That's great. They just slap a, they just slap a wristband on you. Oh, it's real smart. So, you know, you're driving to and from the game in a, in a drunk party bus, basically. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. So I I think they really have that down the city and and the park was nice. I I do want to say a couple things that are going to blow your mind. Some just, debacle of a situation going on at the stadium. So the people selling the beer now, and this is new and I'm assuming it's a COVID thing and it's a disaster. The guy walking them down the aisles, you know, selling the Miller light. You can't pay with cash anymore. 
and you also can't pay with card yet. He's got the barcode on the side of the thing carrying the beer. You have to download the app. Oh, it was cringeworthy watching. I, yes. No. Yes. I felt so, Joe, I felt legitimately bad for the beer vendors. The one guy at one point just sat down and he goes, this is, this is a mess. Because, you know, somebody will be like, two Miller Lights, and he'll have to yell across the aisle. You got to download the app and then walk across and scan your phone on my barcode. That's so fucking stupid. And like, I get the cash thing that we became kind of cashless during COVID and that's fine. Obviously it should come back. Cash should be, you know, you should be able to spend American cash in America. Um, But at least I understand that. But at this point, either have the square so I can swipe my fucking card on your thing. Or if you want to have a barcode, have your fucking Venmo. Just give me, you know, at Brewers and and let me Venmo you. Dude, it was, it was, that's what the guy said. He goes, I think we're getting the card to swipe the cards, but he said, well, like, how do you not have that? That should, you've had, you should, they should have had that for five years. I know. He said, I'm not making any money. The, the amount of people we saw who raised their hand for beer and the guy says, oh, you got to download the app. You got to scan. No, I'm cool. Like they're just, lo- the, the brewers are losing money. The vendors are losing tips. It, it was, it was, it was cringeworthy to And watch. also like at this point, just bring cash back to like, just have like, you can, we can safely spend cash. We're, we're, we're like so far beyond the idea that this is anything is spreading on fucking paper cash. It's so stupid. Yeah, I know. And then another thing that I thought was kind of wild and it's cool at first, then as the game goes on, you go, what are they doing? It was nineties weekend all weekend for the series. So like that night, the t-shirt giveaway was the nineties brewers design, which I forgot, which was so atrocious. Do you remember when they had the green and yellow? I don't even remember this mid nineties. Green and and yellow. Yeah. And it was like the M and the B going over the M. Oh, it was such a bad logo. I don't even, I don't remember that. How do I not remember? I mean, yeah, you might have to look it up. Nineties brewers Jersey. It's like the green and yellow and the... Oh, I actually don't remember. Like, what? <laughs> I didn't remember it either. How long did they have that for? I don't think long. I mean, it kind of rings a bell, but, like, not really. 94 to 99? Yeah. If you, if you say so. So they were giving away T-shirts that night of those. And, of course, I gave mine the guy on couch. But to keep the 90s theme, the scoreboard the entire weekend was in the yellow 90s font that they, that, you know, whatever. Do you remember when the stadiums used to have that? Yeah. So they like, kept like, like it was lights. Yes. Like right. when we went to the Notre Dame yeah. Navy game down in San Diego. They kept that to keep 90s theme. And you're like, okay, dude, like all game, you're going to do this. That's fun. I don't know. I just, I I felt a certain point. Uh, Yeah. I want to see, I want to see legit pictures. I want to see replay. I want to see, I want to see the whole scoreboard, the whole scoreboard. I I mean, they had, they had jumbotrons in the nineties. Well, they would, you know, they would still cut to the fans and do that and do. Yeah. But, the whole scoreboard 
and they just have one giant one in center field was how it would be at a stadium in 1992. Okay. And they kept that all weekend because it was nineties weekend. And then who won the games? How, how did your teams do? Reds took three or four, baby. There you go. Huge, huge for us. We've won nine of 11. We've cut that lead down to four games. And are you uh, saying that Ruther did their winning streak? I'm just saying they won that night when I was there two nothing. Ruther did nine of 11. <laughs> he did. I did. And, and shout out, to, shout out to the old man in front of me who literally turned around every half inning to talk to me, if not more. Was he a Reds fan? Oh my God. This guy, every half, he'd literally stand up. He'd go, hi, how about that play? Or he'd say, how about that pitch? What do you think? And then at one point he says, the Reds are up one to nothing in the eighth inning. He says, he says, if Winker gets a hit here, I'll suck your dick. I'll give you my watch. <laughs> and Winker got a hit, and Mike was like, "Hey, man, you owe him his wa- you owe him your watch." It was a Rolex. <laughs> he's like, "Dude, I bet to-. He's like, "You just said that in front of everybody. If he gets a hit here, knocks in a run, he's like, you owe him a watch." And the guy just like the guy just started to take it off, and then he just turned around. It's hilarious. But yeah, it was it was it was a cool ballpark. I, I like it. I, I would put it. I'd put it above Cincinnati's. But I don't know where I'm going to put it with the other ones. I don't know. It, 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 it was fun. I liked it. How was Tahoe? Tahoe was great. Speaking of uh, random bets, like, so at one point when I was catting for Millar, he, first of all, Millar, what a fucking amazing guy. But at one point on 18, he started on the back nine, but on 18, so the, almost the end of the first half of his round, he hit a, a sick drive and he had a sick approach shot and he was on the green in two of a par five. And I was like, you make this Eagle, I'll dive in the lake. And he missed it. And, uh, I was like, it's all right. Save those Eagles for tomorrow when it, when it counts. But, uh, what a, I mean, first of all, just like the most chill, fun, relaxed dude of all time, like of all time. I I always talk about how Adam Sandler is like one of the nicest guys I've ever met in comedy. Millar might be the nicest athlete I've ever met. Like, I show up, he's like the guy who's setting up this whole, you know, charity thing, uh, introduces me as, you know, the guy who pays, he's like, thank you so much. I was like, I didn't technically donate, but like, and he's like, well, it's just really cool that you would do that. And you know, that you would do it to like play with me. And I was like, well, you know, so let me know what you need. Like, if you need me to grab a club, like, obviously if you need, you know, he's like, how are you reading greens? I'm like, pretty good. Actually. I was like, the one thing I can do is putt. So I'll help you on the greens. And um, so he hits a couple balls uh, on the range. And at the, that morning, the range was at one point I'm standing behind Millar. And in the next little stall is Ray Allen Two, uh, like set two little spots over to the left, Jerry Rice hitting golf balls in a, in a hat that says goat on it. Two spots to the right of Ray Allen. Patrick Mahomes is hitting golf balls. I was like, this is pretty sick. Kyle Lowry and Vince Carter are milling around. So just like that, that moment on the range, it was like bananas. Sure. That's great. Um, but Millar is such a good, so Millar finishes hitting balls. And I was like, all right, well, let me know, you know, what you need to do. He's like, dude, I talked to these guys from the fat scoots. We're going to ride these scoot. I'm going to ride the scooter around. So you just follow me in the cart 
And, uh, you know, you can ride the scooter a little bit. I'll take the cart. But he's like, we're just going to ride in tandem scooter cart. He's like, really, my only issue right now is do I try to drop a morning deuce before we get out there? Or do I try to like try to make it through four hours around without taking a shit? I was like, but yeah, I was like, buddy, I've been there. I know. I know this feeling. And he's like, I think I'm going to hold it. But like, I hope it doesn't hurt my game. I was like, all right. So then we get to the first tee box. And on Thursday, the, the tournament is Friday, Saturday, Sunday. On Thursday, on Wednesday, they have like a full on practice day. And Thursday, uh, basically, it's like sponsors and people who want to donate and whatever. So like Corbell was one of the big sponsors. And these four Boston guys from uh, Corbell are all like playing with Millar. So it's like kind of, you know, like it's like, like pro-am day. And it's just funny how like they're all like psycho Boston fans. Like one guy's got Red Sox golf shoes one guy's got a red Sox visor one guy's got a red Sox polo shirt and they're just like bonering out over millar and i and they're all like so you're like and i'm like i'm not even a red Sox fan i was like i hate the yankees so we got we have that in common but i was like i'm just helping out from for this charity thing and the dude played classic rock on his fucking scooter bluetooth the whole time and just had he was just like so chill he was like the chillest guy ever How's his golf game? Really good. He doesn't have like, I was telling my buddy this because my buddy's like, my buddy John's a really good golfer. And he was like, am I better or worse than Millar? And I was like, he, you have, I was like, you have a way better swing than him. Like Millar's swing isn't like very pretty. It's kind of got a little over the top, which I can relate to. Um, But he's a grinder, man. He just is a grinder. He gets up and down. He was sinking putts. He hits the ball a long way too. And he's not like a huge guy. And we talked about that. He's from LA. He went to uni high, which I think is where you took the SAT, right? Off of uh, like by Santa Monica Boulevard. Yeah. Like Barrington, that area. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. So he went to uni. Okay. Um, I know that. Wow. And he was just talking about like his size and stuff. He's like, oh, growing up, like all my guys are going to like these sick private high schools. They're all going to, you know, UCLA and, and, you know, Fullerton or whatever. And I had to go to a junior college. And he's just like the ultimate, his baseball career and his golf game are so he just grinds, bro. And he talked about just like the most random shit the whole time. Like he was talking about, I start. I said I'm from New York. He's like, man, New York fans fucking wear you out. He's like, they wear you out. They just this guy will just be in the stands, being like, fuck you, Millar, for like six innings. He's just fuck you, Millar. And he goes, but I have a way to solve that. And I and I was like, oh, you have you have the way to like get rid of the heckler. He's like, dude. He's like, it's it's undefeated. I was like, I cannot wait to hear this. And he's like, for some reason, it's always some guy who's there with his wife. And she hates it. And she hates that he's fucking ripping on somebody the whole day. She just wants to watch a ball game. And he's like, so she tries. She tries to get him to stop, but he never does. He's like, every time it's a guy with his wife. And he's like, so two, three innings in when I'm over it, I just go over and I'm like, she's ugly. Hey, everybody, this guy's wife is ugly. And he's like, I just attack the wife. And when the whole crowd turns to like, see if she's ugly. She fucking freaks out and she will stab him to death 
to get him to stop me, to stop making fun of me. And he's like, ends it right away. I'm like, that is savage. It's a great tactic. Yeah, he, goes, he just goes for the wife, just goes, just shrapnel all over the place. That is that is very savage. Yeah, he was super fun, great guy to be around, just like, and super, super fun dude. And did you guys, did he do 18? Yeah, we did 18 together on, okay. on Thursday, on Wednesday. Was that on Thursday? Thursday, yeah. And then he... I think he played a practice round on Wednesday with like Glavin and Smoltz and whatever. And then uh, we had this like kind of like pro-am practice round on or celeb-am practice round on Thursday. And then he played Friday, Saturday, Sunday in the uh, in the event itself. And I think he did pretty good. I think he, I think he finished in like the 20s. But he's like a five handicap and he hits yeah. the ball a fucking long way for a guy his size. Like well, a long, like, I, yeah, I, I just I think it's so much easier for the like these guys are athletes. I, I I feel it's just easier for these guys to pick up another sport, you know. Totally. And he lives down in Austin now. He lives right at like I guess there's a UT golf course or something like that. He's like, I live right there. And he's like, I just play golf and fucking, you know, doing he, he doesn't he does intentional talk from his garage and always has. It's not like a COVID Zoom thing. He's always recording. I didn't know that. I didn't know that I either. Knew, I knew they were side by side and like, you know, they have their backgrounds, but I didn't realize, I don't watch it like consistently. I tune in every once in a while. I'll, I'll probably be a bigger fan now that I know how, how great a dude he is, but he, um, he's always done it from his garage in Austin. Interesting. Yeah. Talk about someone ahead of their time. Yeah. And that's and on just, just an awesome dude. And then I hung around. I, then I went, I went to the uh, event on Friday and watched a bunch of, you know, watched a bunch of the guys play. So Kyle Rudolph, newest, uh, newest giant tight end. He was shotgunning beers with golden Tate. Uh, I saw a lot of giants, a lot of, a, lo a lot of giants and giants uh, adjacent. He was paired with Tate and Thielen. Thielen's pretty good. Thielen played really well. Um, Strahan and Tuck played together. Um, and Tuck had a pretty good swing, although he almost murdered somebody, I guess, on like the long drive hole. He hit like a, he like shanked one and almost killed somebody. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was awesome. Saw Mahomes, saw Steph, saw A Raj, Timberlake. Who won? Vinny Del Negro in a playoff hole after a, Melt Smoltz Smoltz had a meltdown in his last couple holes. Smoltz was like running away with it and like full on choke job. And then on 18, he hit one in the water, I think, or it might might have been in the playoff hole. He hit one in the water. So Vinny Del Negro wins. These guys take it fucking seriously, dude. Vinny Del Negro's dad died on Wednesday. Damn. And he went to the fucking tournament in Tahoe. Smoltz has been talking about like wanting this as bad as he wanted a Cy Young. It's Dude, like crazy how serious these guys take it. It doesn't surprise. Again, that's why these guys are pros. You know, they, they're competitive as hell. It's where they get, it's where they got to where they're at. And Millar, it's, a, you know, somebody comes up to Millar, you know, Derek Lowe obviously was a pitcher for the Sox as well. So one of the guys, the guys in the group is like, I bet on Lowe. He's eight to one. You think he's got a good shot to win? And Millar's like, Lowe could win this thing every year. He's like, problem is Saturday night, he's going to drink his body weight in vodka. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. So Sunday he usually falls off, and I was like, "That's hilarious." I can only imagine the partying that was going on in Tahoe that weekend. Yeah, it's fun. It's a fun weekend there. Like, it's honestly my favorite, one of my favorite things to do. It's just so great. And obviously, I got the the boys at the pub, McDuff's pub. I, I'm gonna, I I know I shout them out every time I'm there, but I'm gonna shout them out again. If you're ever in the Lake Tahoe area, if you're ever within you know a couple hours of Lake Tahoe area, go to McDuff's pub. I always say it's the best pub in the world. They officially a couple of weeks ago, I showed up. They had the banner on the side of the restaurant. They were named best all around restaurant in Tahoe. It's like it's not, I don't say they're the best pub because they're my friends. It's just such a great place, such a great vibe, good people, good food great beer selection the best and they set up the whole thing for me obviously so give mcduff's pub tahoe a follow on on instagram go visit there go eat there it's so fucking great i hung out with damo on on uh friday went out on the boat we we went to your we went to your godfather spot i saw that he was like bro you he's like you nailed it with the when Ruther's asking me about the thing, I was like, yeah, man, I listen to you when you talk. He's like, it's pretty good. Pretty good. You retained a lot of information. That's great. Yeah. So just so fun, really. And like truly an incredible event. If anybody's ever, you know, wants to do something like, honestly, I can't even imagine a real golf tournament. I've been to the Buick classic back in Westchester over the years. Um, like being able to see celebs and athletes golf is like better than watching golfers golf. Yeah. That we watched some of it on Saturday afternoon. So, so we had it on and uh, it looked like a lot of fun. And of course guys were partying and it's funny seeing their outfits, the whole nine yards. Barkley was obviously there. There was a big, the big talk all day Thursday was one of the casinos put up a line because you know Barkley's gotten a lot better lately. I don't know if you watched the match when he played in it, um, but his hitch is gone. That big hitch he has in his swing is gone. Yeah, and and he got some coaching from Phil. So one of the casinos put out like a fifteen to one odds that he would finish in the top seventy. There's only like eighty guys entered, eighty five guys entered, and uh, I don't think he did it. I think he finished like 72 or 74 or something like that. But the like was everybody was talking about which side of this Barkley bet they were going to be on. So everybody was kind of rooting for him because it was like he was, in, you know, it was like 14 to one or whatever. So so many people bet on it and we're like, let's go, Charles. He was great. I think Neilan, I saw Neilan on the range. Neilan came in, walks right into the range. He walks there. there there's like a, a Mizuno club, you know, promotion. And he's like, hey, guys, uh, I ship my clubs out here and my fucking drivers in half. And they were like, and the guy was like, great. He's like, great. We have a way better driver for you anyway. So, like, try one of these. And uh, Neil's like, thanks, thanks, thanks. He goes right out to the range. He like he shanks one. He's like, this driver's garbage. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, it was hilarious. It's a great it's a great event. It's honestly like my one of my favorite things to do. It's so beautiful. Such a great club. Yeah. Well, that's great, man. Yeah. Looks, it, it looks like if you're there, it's just a hell of an event. It's so fun. That's that whole 17 is the party hole. That's where it's a short part three that lines the ocean. People just literally pull their boats up. They walk up to the shore. So that side, you don't need tickets. 
just people literally on one side watching in their bathing suits, throwing footballs, throwing beers, and uh, they have a hole in one contest there. It's it's honestly like an unreal thing. And I gotta say again, I've we're we're in talks. I have Millar's number. We've been texting. We're in talks to have him on the Dirty Sports podcast. So tweet at Kevin Millar. I think he's Kevin Millar fifteen um, on Twitter, Instagram. Tell him, ask him if he had fun with JoJo. He kept calling me JoJo. Ask him if he had fun having JoJo as a caddy and tell him you want to see him on the Dirty Sports Podcast. It's at KMillar15. KMillar15. M-I-L-L-A-R. KMillar15 on Twitter. So many, just so many good stories. I don't want to like, you know, I asked him a lot of baseball stuff and I I almost don't want to share them just because like I want to recap them on the, uh, on the podcast. I'd love to have him on talk about, Talk about obviously his big walk that, you know, led to the Robert Steele off Mariano um, was awesome. He had a, he had a long drive hole. I put it on my, on my Instagram where we got to the long drive hole and the leaders were David Wells and Saberhagen. I was like, bro, you got to outdrive these pitchers. He's like, these fucking pitchers. You kidding me? It's like, I'll drive a pitcher. Then he hit one off a tree and he was like pissed because they made him like, up in a certain spot so they could like monitor swings like this is bullshit i had to line up on the right side i usually line up on the left i pull hook it fucking hit a tree he's like now david wells is still on top of the fucking long drive he's like it's bullshit well if i ever make it out there and i'm on any of these courses with these guys i will be sure to look fresh in my ever lane clothes show i absolutely love the new gear that i have from Everlane, and i know you got sent some gear And I know we have both commented how it fits so nicely and they have a great variety. I agree. I got some, I got some great jeans. They're they're honestly some of the softer jeans I've ever owned. Very comfortable. Uh, Great stuff. Honestly, I like it. Yeah, guys, from workouts to takeout, swimwear to track wear, styles for lounging at home or hitting up your favorite late night spot. That's what's great. I have a pair of sweats that I've been rocking and then, like I said, I got a great pair of black denims that I've also been rocking. They Everlane has all the everyday essentials you need from damn good denim to super soft loungewear. And Everlane also partners with the best and most ethical factories in the world for a fit to feel good about. They accept returns within 30 days of the ship date. So that's great as well. And all uniform clothing comes with a 365-day guarantee. So act now, dirtballs, go to everlane.com forward slash dirty and sign up for 10% off your first order plus free shipping and get easy returns within 30 days of your ship date. That's 10% off your first order when you go to everlane.com forward slash dirty to sign up. And that link will be in the description of the podcast wherever you listen to it. So go get yourself some Everlane clothes and uh, look good because we got summers here. We got the fall coming up and uh, stop dressing like a bunch of scrubs. Come on. I can't even imagine how comfortable their sweats are because their their jeans almost feel like sweats. Yeah, they're really comfy. I I got a pair of charcoal sweats and uh, they fit great. So I was in Milwaukee. Sadly, I did not go to the game last night. Tickets were way too expensive. So I, I actually arrived home as the game was halfway through the first quarter. So the Bucks showed up, man. And, and Giannis now with 
back-to-back 40-point, 10-plus rebound games. I said, can they win with Giannis? Is he the man? I've called him out. And he's playing like it. He's playing incredible. And, like, it, you know, I swear to God, somebody – Where's, where's our boy, Charlie Ryan? Where's the ESPN stats and info? I need an answer for this. Another, what did I say, dude? We go one, two in Phoenix. They look like they're going to dominate thing. And I'm like, I don't know, man, this playoffs. I feel like you could come back and have a 20 point box win. It's just these teams trading home blowouts. I've never seen anything like it in the history. Like, I just feel like in the history of the NBA playoffs, I feel like you either have like, Obviously, a random here and there is one thing. But I usually feel like if you have a close series, most of the games are close games. Yeah. This whole playoffs, six and seven game series where teams are trading blowouts. And I mean, I even said it like somebody uh, I met somebody while I was up in Tahoe who's like, oh, you got a sports podcast? Cool. Let me check it out. And uh, he, he pulls it up on, you know, the podcast app. And he's like, I think I guess we titled an episode. Sons and six. Yeah. The last one. Cause we were both saying that. Yeah. And he's like, sons and six sons and four. And I was like, bro, I don't know, man. I was like, I would not be surprised if Giannis comes out, has a big game and they blow out the fucking sons. We've seen it the whole playoffs. Here we are. Giannis goes 40, 40 goes, you know, 40 and 10 rebounds. I guess it's what him, LeBron and Shaq are the only players to do in back-to-back games. Uh, Although I think ESPN messed that up. Why? I don't think LeBron had 10. In 2016, okay. he didn't. Anyway, it's no big deal. I mean, monster games. Yeah. And then uh, and then just, you know, truly like a blot. Like, Wednesday is obviously, like, I, I don't even know who's favorite right now. I'd imagine the Bucks are. But, like, this is precisely what I'm talking about. I mean, usually if a team steal – you usually – a team stealing one of those first home games is what leads to like a six and seven game series, but you get two at home bucks, get one at home. Everybody's doing what they're supposed to. It's as close as it can be. Can't be closer than two, one. And uh, the bucks got to feel mighty good right now. And Booker's sitting out in the second half for, or, you know, in the fourth quarter, I know that's a, we're sort of in a blowout. He's been, you know, his usage is through the roof. He's had a couple poor shooting games, you know, get him the rest while, while you can. But if you're the Bucks, you got to feel it can't be any closer than this. Yeah. And if Giannis keeps having 40 point games, you're, you're going to be right there in the game. And especially when he gets help and he did last night when the sun's cut at the four, I thought, Oh boy. But then they just battled right back. And they, from that point, Milwaukee blew them out. I and, and personally, I don't see them. I I don't see an edge with the Suns right now. Even though it's two one, I almost feel like momentum from last night's game has shifted to Milwaukee. That's what I'm saying. Absolutely. I mean, listen. I think that Phoenix is still the more complete team, but they're also by far the less experienced team. And I think that that is what this series is about. Like, I think that they're deeper. I think they've get, they've gotten a lot more, you know, contributions from guys down the bench. And, but besides Chris Paul, very inexperienced. And 
yeah. Like if you're in Milwaukee, do you just go, Hey, we've just got to, you know, hold home court, hold serve, you know, and it's like a tennis match. It's just like win the ones you're supposed to and who breaks first, who gets one on the road. And, you know, and, and we go back to it, like go back to what I said about this series early on. Let's say everybody holds serve through six games. Anything is possible. Like game seven. Anything is possible. I think the Bucs win the next game too. Well, now it's three, one sons. I, I mean, yeah, probably, but I think they, I think the Bucks they hold home court and then it heads back to Phoenix two two. I, I am going to agree with you. And I think, it, you know, I'm still, I still, believe in sons and six simply because I think uh, let's say it does hold two, two, and then you get back to Phoenix. Everybody holds. I think, I think Phoenix still has that confidence of like, I, I almost feel like there's a better chance of Phoenix going into Milwaukee with the ability to close out and, and doing it than there is of getting to a game seven and having, and having the bucks win it in Phoenix. But again, anything is possible in a game seven. Yeah, no, you're right. I, you, you know, for me, and they talked about this last night, it's the, the streaky shooting. I mean, the three point shot is so, you know, it's such a reflection of how your team is playing, right? When you look at the Suns, they couldn't hit any shots. They're down double digits. They start hitting shots. They close the gap to four Milwaukee. Then just, starts hitting all their shots. It's just, if, if you're shitting poor, shitting, shooting poorly from three-point range. And I think that's something with the Suns that we've seen throughout this playoffs and throughout the season with Chris Paul. Chris Paul's mid-range game is insane. He's been on fire throughout the playoffs of getting to his spots in the mid-range and making it. It's like, if Phoenix isn't making their threes, Chris Paul and Booker and Aiton can all work in that, you know, I mean, obviously Aiden's working inside more in the mid range, but the mid range also leads to, you know, your bigs being able to get rebounds, you know, three pointers tend to lead to longer rebounds that are, you know, guards and wing guys are grabbing. But when you're, when you have a great mid range game, like the Suns do, if you're not hitting your shots, you can stay in the game. Yeah. And then until, until you start making your shots where they got into trouble, obviously is that combo. The combo of they're not making their threes, the Bucks are. That's the NBA, man, these days. If one team's not making their threes and the other is, until somebody, you know, until the 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 switch gets flipped, you have no shot. That city is turned just from being there this weekend. That city is so tur- it's Bucks everywhere. Doesn't matter where you go, all walks of life, rocking Bucks gear. That deer district. And they said this last night has more people. It's right outside the stadium has more people in it than actual at the stadium. Oh, like, it has more people in like that, that air. Like, so people are just going there to hang out. Is what yeah. Saying. That's what they said last night during the broadcast. You know, there's whatever the, the capacity is of Fisher forum has less people than right outside the deer district, which is right outside the stadium. And I mean, people are just everywhere you go in that city. It doesn't matter. Everybody's. Well, I mean, box. you've got, you've got, I mean, the Brewers are in first place, yeah. but you know, three of four to the Reds, 
you guys are closing the gap a little bit. What are you in within three and a half, four games now? Four games. I think, uh, yeah. And I think Milwaukee's like, you know, they, they're still, they were still playing well up until uh, this series with you guys. Like they're yeah. still in first and they're still playing well. But I, I would say, you know, with the team in the finals and then you got Aaron Rodgers playing in the match, refusing to say whether or not he's showing up to fucking training camp. Uh, you got to go all in on this box team while you got them in the finals. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally feel you. That that's added to my list, by the way. What's that? Going to a Packer game at Lambeau. Yeah, I'd be so into that. Oh my god, I didn't realize it's it, it's it, it's a few it's it's longer to go from Milwaukee to Green Bay than Milwaukee to Chicago. So it's it's a few hours up there. Yeah. Um. And I'll tell you the one, the one other thing that we're talking Packers, the one other thing in Tahoe, especially on that Thursday, when I had a golf cart, you know, the only people who are obviously golf carting around are people in the tournament. Um, I must've heard whispers when I would drive by people. I must've heard 60 people go, I think that was Aaron Rodgers. I think that was Aaron Rodgers. I'm like fucking got my glasses on and the mustache. I mean, the amount of people I thought I was Aaron Rodgers. I'm like, guys, think Aaron Rodgers has a dad bod. Like, what are, what are we talking about here? And his hair is long now. And his hair is long and he's not rocking the mustache. Yeah. I mean, I, had, I heard a kid in an Aaron Rodgers jersey say, is that Aaron Rodgers? You should have said, yeah. Yeah. You should have you played it up. I should have been like, yeah, kid, and I'm going to the Niners. He'd have been like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> yeah. They, 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 are, they are feeling it. And uh, that that town goes hard on their their bars and their beers. I love it. That that is the one thing I love about the Midwest. Like they don't mess around. They don't give a fuck. Yeah, Chicago always been like beer central. I love. I like. I like the Midwest. They embrace like they embrace fatness. Oh, dude, a hundred percent. So like sausages and beers. It's like the old, uh, you know, the bear sketch. Yeah, I had a I had a nice fat bratwurst at the game after I'd had a massive burger at the bar before that. I just, I just got too baked to, to fully, fully enjoy the nightlife better, but Hey, what are you going to do? Right. It happens. You know, they, they've always had the sausage race there, right? Yeah, they did. It was pretty cool. Yeah. I feel like LA should just do like the Dodgers should do like a mock mocking one. They should just have like a kale acai fucking quinoa race yeah i like that maybe like uh a smoothie yeah a smoothie a uh you know a a cold brew i'll say this about brewers fans you know every stadium has the idiot fans who thinks every shallow fly out is a home run and there was a little of that but for the most part it was pretty good i felt and we had good seats we were we're in the low section on the, on the first base side, which were only 56 bucks. Like these Great. were, these were prime low behind the net. No, you're in the loge. We're in the loge. And, and I think we talked about this before I, I told guy on couch this, I'd rather be where we, cause of the nets I go, cause foul balls could go over. I go, we had, because of the nets, I would rather be in our section than lower because of the nets. Mm-hmm. 100%. And I'm not even talking about, I just want the, I just want a view that doesn't have the net. I cannot believe that there are people who like 
I, I can't believe there are people who are not parents and not elderly people. Basically, basically, I think if you're like pro the extended net, I just think you're a Karen. I just I can't believe. Well, you're not a real baseball fan. I just think I just think it's so like it is like the other thing about the Nets is for some reason, whether it be, you know, guys who like people from the top have to get into the dugout or these teams that like can't spend money on one fucking net. But like the Nets always have a break in it somewhere. And then that part is like extra secure. So that's just fucking in the way. Like there's all the wires that are hanging. Like I fucking hate the Nets. I hate the Nets so much. I have such an unbelievable hatred for the extended Nets. So it was interesting. It makes me sick. It was interesting to watch. um, Joey Votto was just going crazy signing autographs. Unlike any player on either team. I'm talking at one point, everybody's in the dugout. Javado's the only one out there. And, and I've read a lot on this. Like he's really embracing that. He knows it's towards the end of his career and he just wants to have fun. And, and it just makes me like the guy even more. And he's signing autographs like crazy and going to different areas of the park. Right. It didn't matter. Reds fans, Brewers fans. He's signing autographs. These kids are having to sh- shove balls through nets or like try to fix their glove through the net, you know, or, or their cards, whatever it was that they were trying to hand Vado. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking, okay, if I'm a kid and this is so cool, uh, MV, former MVP signing stuff, but I'm you can't s- take a picture with him. That's what I'm saying. You, you, you're now granted there were sections where Vado was doing selfies with people and he could, but that was, you know, way out in, uh, yeah in left field. My point is a lot of these kids had to, had to hand it through him. I'm sorry. Hand and, it to and, him. And by the way, net. that is one of the arguments for the nets that people make is like, shouldn't a kid be able to sit in the third row? And this is my response. First of all, not unless his one of his parents can protect him. No. And also instead of having the net there full time and having these kids be sitting in the third row behind nets. Why don't we take those fucking nets down? By the way, I don't know why we're even talking about this because they're never going to do it. The nets are there forever. Sure. But but if those nets were down and then just say literally the front row of, of the stands on the first and third base sides are open to children during batting practice, like – Priority goes to kids. So if during batting practice, when obviously balls don't get hit foul, Joey Votto can walk up and kiss a kid on the mouth if he wants. Yeah. And just let kids. That was the way it was when we were kids. Yeah. You had access to all of these players during batting practice. It was so cool. Now you're going to visit them in jail. You got to pick up a phone and (laughs) Joey Votto's got to pick up a phone. Yeah. It was really great to meet you kids. I'll spring you one of these days. (laughs) I'm going to, I'm going to bake a baseball with a autograph on it into a cake, send it in for your birthday. That is truly the worst part about it is the experience that these kids can't just hand. No, the worst part about it is I got to fucking look through a net. These kids won't don't know any better. The worst part is us fucking adults who can protect themselves have to fucking sit behind nets my whole life going to baseball games, sitting in the same sections down one of the baselines. Now I, and I don't mind the loge, but fuck now I have to sit in the loge because I know of a time 
when I didn't have a completely blocked view, some shitty net in the way. I can yeah. protect myself. I'm not fucking TikToking the whole time. I know. Exactly. Just get off your phones. I was, I was, I wasn't even on my phone like the whole game. I'm just watching the game. Just enjoy it. I go to it. my phone between innings. I go to my phone to take a picture between innings. I go whatever, yeah, but like that's watch different. the fucking game. Sure. No, I agree. But we're like, we're like not that far from, you know, somebody at the ballpark, some, some brewers or Mets or Yankees employee pre-chewing your hot dog for you. So you don't choke. I'm going to chew it real into small pieces and then spit it in your mouth. Cause some people choke on hot dogs and we can't have that. Just one person choking. We had to change all the rules. One person's incapable of doing the simplest task. So now we're going to spit, pre-chewed hot dog in your mouth well, like a baby bird well that's the pro you know not to get too preachy but i i would argue this catering to a very small percentage or one person that's the problem of where we are at as a society in general and it all started with the lawsuits right the first person who decided to sue mcdonald's because they spilled their coffee all no, over them. Time. Every single time this is mentioned on any podcast, I get a tweet like, that girl actually suffered fucking third degree burns. Fucking like whatever. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I, the, case, I, the case is actually more. There's more to it than you know. I, I, I mean, the barcode thing. Okay, so think of the, the barcode thing. If it's a COVID thing. I, I couldn't stop laughing because I was. we had the first two seats in the aisle way. Yeah. So people had to walk past us. So there's a guy leaning over. Think, think about this for COVID. He's leaning over me on guy and guy on couch with his phone to scan that. And I, I literally said, wait a second. This is way more unsafe for spreading anything, whether it's COVID or the flu. You're leaning over all of us to scan the side of the container holding the beer so that then you can buy the Miller Lite and then have him send it down. Like none of this makes any sense. It's, it's like the Nets. We're just trying to make things better, but you're actually making it worse. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe here's a solution. Take those, those nacho helmets, which by the way are everywhere. Like it, I, I've not been at their sound of Milwaukee as well. The, the nacho helmets are apparently the thing now in major the baseball. And maybe you just dump out the nachos and put the helmet on and you protect your head. Yeah. There's the solution right there. The nacho helmet game is strong. It's nacho helmet. Where are we at here? We're, mo we're mowing through. Okay. Here here's something I just added before we started. They're not going to be named the Warriors, the Washington football team. That That's out. That's officially out. That's too bad because, you know, I grew up playing for the Midwest Chester Warriors. The exact uniforms. Literally the exact uniforms. Maroon, yellow, a W on the side. It would it would have been it would have been my Pop Warner uniform. But I like it. Like we already have a Warriors. I've said it before and I will say it again. Just Leave keep them it. the Washington football. Yeah. I, I agree. Just some keep people it. some people hate that and I'm like, I like it. I, I think you just keep it. It's unique. And I think it's actually kind of funny. No one's going to have Washington. Like no one's going to have just football team. Yeah. Keep it. Yeah. Keep Washington football team. I like it. Don't go to something like 
you know, I don't know. You know, it's just, it's, they're going to go to something stupid. They're going to pick some random animal. Yeah. Like when they went to the New Orleans Pelican, I was like, Pelicans? Come on. I like Pelicans. You like it? I like Pelicans. Well, there was a New Orleans Pelicans back in the day. There was a minor league baseball team. Also, Pelicans is a pretty cool, uh, you know, do, animal. Do you know what a clumsy pelican is? No. The <laughs> sex move? You know what it is? No. It's, it's when a girl is supposedly, uh, again, clumsy pelican. She's going down on one dude standing up while she's jerking off two dudes like a like a clumsy pelican. It's ridiculous. You, th- you think like like where's that happened? Never, nowhere. I th- I, th- I think twenty of these sex movies have never happened. <laughs> twenty. Um, I think I think ninety eight percent of them never happened. I well, mean, and think about and, and then and then think about it. Has and in the history has anybody ever fucking named it when it happened? Was there some fucking guy? Was there like, you know, Don in Cleveland? It was like. That's it, baby. I just gave you the Cleveland steamer trademark it. She's like, you fucking shit on me. Oh, I was incorrect. Actually, I'm looking at Urban Dictionary. It says this performance consists of the female on her knees, not standing up, performing fellatio on one standing male while giving manual pleasure to the other males standing on either side of her. The gyrating motion of the arms and the head of the female produces a motion reminiscent of a clumsy pelican. The sentence they use, I couldn't believe how silly Jill looked when she was doing the clumsy pelican on Frank, Bob and Jim in that video. That dude, you know what? That'd be a fun thing to run. Urban Dictionary. You know, it'd be a fun thing to do. Like, we, we talked about how you should have a sex tape for years. I, what I think you should do, I think you should have a whole channel. And it's just you p- uploading to the hub, uh, you doing all the fucking weird sex <laughs> terms. So when people go to search for it, they're like, yep, there he is doing the clumsy pelican to a couple girls. There's a, no, I'd have to do that. I'd have to do that to three dudes. Well, I think I think guy and couch and cutter would be down. Okay. Well, well, we we we'd have to uh, we'd have to call it like what it would be like Urban Dictionary Live. Yeah, yeah. It's it's almost like you know when a movie goes to like the play form live action or something. Mm-hmm. It's like Urban Dictionary Live. This is this is what it is. Talk about, you know, I got a whole house to film that. <laughs> Can you oh, I know the Ruther, the, the Ruther legacy. I, my parents would, they would, they would, they would come back from the dead to end that real quick, real quickly. That would, that oh, would end. And then, uh, they'd come back from that. Then you could do the old sex move, the weekend at Bernie's. That's where you use a dead body and <laughs> you and put their hand on strings and then they jerk somebody off. They jerk off two people at once. Is that one that should be one if it's not? That should be one. You, it's where you take a dead body and put sunglasses on it and make it jerk off to make it jerk off Jonathan Silverman and Andrew McCarthy simultaneously. <laughs> Dude, I bet you could add that to Urban Dictionary. I bet I bet the Olympics there'll be some clumsy pelicans going on. Olympics are starting a week from Friday. I'm 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 excited. I do love the Olympics. Dude, I mean, you talk about a buzzkill though. The the news last week. No fans. Yeah, it sucks. 
no fans. That's a major buzzkill. For sure. I mean, obviously, uh, the Olympics as a as a fan event, so great. People plan their lives around it. You know, people have probably been planning going to Tokyo for years. Um, so that sucks. Obviously, there's some sports, track, basketball, whatever, where the fans, you know, factor in. And then, uh, you know, it, just, it definitely sucks for a lot of the athletes, even in those sports where, you know, they're not a factor, but like not, not being able to have your parents there. Oh, it sucks, man. You get it, but still the Olympics. I don't Won't be the same. Once every four years, you can't have fans there. And that also means Yoshi can't go. Oh, remember, he, he was all about the Tokyo Olympics. And uh, I actually, and you know, what's you know, what's funny is like they're still doing it's still the 2020 Olympics. I know. And and do you see the soccer tournament, the the Euro that was 2020? Yeah, 2020 Euro championships. Congrats, by the way. Thank you. You know, I don't care for soccer very much at all. The only thing I do get into uh, on behalf of my dad is the Italian national team. And uh, I watched a bunch of their games during this tournament. Uh, watched the Spain game while I was in Tahoe. And then watched yesterday for it to end on penalty kicks. So fun. I was in Rome uh, when the uh, 94, is that when the World Cup was in the U.S.? I think it was, right? Yes. 94. I was in Rome watching the Italy Brazil final of the 94 world cup, which was in the U S when Roberto Baggio, uh, you know, skied one over the crossbar to lose on penalty kicks. So us, you know, there's literally millions, if not billions of people who care more about, uh, Italian soccer than I do. But for us, Italian soccer rooters, uh, we, we, we do have some, um, we do have some nightmarish uh, penalty kick history that, that haunts us. So it was nice to win one on penalty kicks. And uh, it was, it was exciting. I had my, I had my Azuri Jersey on yesterday. I pointed up after we were done. So that was for La squeegee and uh, you know, it's, it's just good. It's a nice one. I don't care much for soccer, but every once in a while we've got, you know, games like that. I get into it. I was, I, I was, I really enjoyed the game yesterday, really enjoyed the tournament. And uh, I look forward to this new young Italian team. Uh, very different from, you know, they like to be old defensive minded fogies. Uh, this young team, maybe, maybe getting a, a little world cup run in a couple of years next year, I guess it would be. It's already next year. That's right. Yeah. Where's the world cup. Is that the one in Qatar? It is where literally people were dying, building stadiums, doing slave yeah. labor. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, dude, you like, you know what we need? We need an NCAA tournament of corrupt sports organizations. It'd be like NCAA, FIFA, IOC, the NFL, Major, Major League, League Baseball, Baseball, all the sports, all the sports, all the sports leagues. That, that'd be a fun one. Yeah. I think it'd be tough. I think it'd be tough to beat FIFA. I don't know. I don't know too much, but from what I've read, they're pretty bad. Yes, they're although, very bad. Although the IOC, 
and it's I feel, also very bad. I feel like NCAA, yeah, some child labor issues for sure. Yeah, this would be a good one. But I am bummed that there's no spectators at the Olympics. And I did talk to Yoshi today. He he's very bummed. Actually, I talked to him on the phone, and this is the most Yoshi ass conversation ever. Yoshi's going to be in Cincinnati at the Liberty Township Funny Bone next month, just for a night. He's working with Russell Peters, as he does a lot. So he's like, oh, if you're in town, you should come. I said, yeah, I'd love to come. And then, and then I was talking to him because he had texted me, this is a weird question. <laughs> Can you give me a ride to the airport after the show? <laughs> it's unbelievable. It's the most Yoshi thing ever. He never pays rent anywhere. He makes thousands of dollars in these fucking experiments. He opens for Russell Peters. He can't spend $25 on an Uber to get into the airport. I don't know, man. I'd, I'd rather spend $25 on an Uber than ask somebody that question. I know. But I said to you before, I said, mention it on the show. There's probably a dirtball in the Ohio area who loves Yoshi. Yoshi's a fan favorite. That would gladly pick up Yoshi and take him to the airport. So if you want to pick up Yoshi at the Liberty Township Funny Bone on what day? I think it's August 13th and then take him to the airport. I'm sure yes. he'll get you. I'm sure he'll get you into the show. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be a great he'll comedy probably, show. He'll probably split some mozzarella sticks with you. <laughs> Dude, There's no one like him. There's so no I, one like him. So I asked Yoshi, I said, have you been like, is L.A. still your home base? And he said, technically. But he said he's only spent 40 days in Los Angeles since March of 2020. He said he's been to 43 states. 43 states. He's so crazy. So I told him I was in Milwaukee this weekend, and it's the most Yoshi thing ever. Actually, let's let's see. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you, and let's see if you can guess it. What do you think Yoshi asked me if I visited when I said I was in Milwaukee? Uh, some sort of murder site you're hot you're very hot uh some sort of brothel a, a brothel no, where no, somebody was murdered go back to the murder okay who's the most who's one of the biggest serial killers ever uh john wayne gacy i don't know who's from milwaukee jeffrey dahmer was dahmer and he committed i think almost all the murders there so yoshi's like oh you're in milwaukee he's like Last time I was there, I was trying to visit the house where he killed all those people. You know, a lot of it's been demolished. And I'm like, dude, I was there to see a ball game, experience the city, Lake Michigan. Like, no, I went to see Dahmer <laughs> and then I went to the making a murderer court trial. Um, oh, he's like, you wait, you were in Wisconsin and you didn't go visit Brendan Dassey in jail. Me and, <laughs> me and Brendan, I brought Brendan a uh, uh, a WrestleMania t-shirt. I literally went to WrestleMania just to get a WrestleMania t-shirt to bring to Brendan Dassey. There's no one like him, man. There's literally no one like him. So yeah, actually, I think that'd be a fun, uh, that'd be a fun night out if I'm in town. Yeah, I'm looking. So he's, so Russell Peters has two shows on Friday, August 13th, seven and nine 15. And if I'm in town, I'll be going to him. And uh, yeah, Benny Dirtball wants to give uh, Yoshi a ride after the show to the greater Cincinnati, Northern Kentucky airport, CVG. What an odd cat, man. The, the oddest. 
I wonder if there's still uh, a warrant for his arrest. Probably. The, the homeless dude he ran over. And, and oh, knocked I thought on. you meant for trying to murder his what stepmom? Oh yeah, that's uh, that's why he can't go back to Japan, right? Yeah, that's why he was going to Tokyo under a fake name. Not Yoshi. Yeah, that was gonna be his name. So we got some good calls today. Great. Um, I'm, ex- I'm excited to get to these calls. Hotline I one, is. I saw one of them I really liked, and I I jotted down my answers. Okay. The hotline is 310-359-8365. We will start with a paid call. Paid call. Read. Read the number one paid call dirtball. Love it. Love it. Shout out to all the people who pay us for anything. I want to shout out one guy in particular before we do this because I just realized it's a it's an ongoing um what's this guy's name? Ah, oh, damn it. Well, we can play Reed's call while I look it up. Okay, so let's get to uh, Reed's call. He's adding a twist and some ideas to the NFL bet. Ooh. Hey, Dirty Sports. It's your number one Yolo County and number one paid call dirtball Reed checking in. Um, I just wanted to give my idea on a NFL bet for you guys. I think you guys have pretty much gotten Andy figured out. He'll be at the draft party for the Bengals or something like that. So I think keeping with that spirit, spending a long time at a place you don't want to be, I think for Joe, he should have to spend the day open to close at an Ikea or a Costco or a Super Walmart or Super Target or any of those really big stores that he says he gets claustrophobic in. Um, and to knock off some of the time, because I know the stores can be open for like 12 hours or whatever, he could maybe, you know, if he's at an Ikea, get a, a plate of meatballs, that's an hour off. Or if he's at like a Target, he could interview somebody with some sports questions. I don't know. You guys can figure it out. But that's my proposition. Joe has to spend the day open to close at a giant store. Um, that's basically it. Uh, keep up the great work, guys. Stay safe out there. And condoms are for the IOC for not letting Shikari run. Uh, stay dirty, boys. I, I like that. I, I, I like honestly, it. But I, here, I, I, here's my one caveat. Yeah. I like where Reed's head's at. I, I really do. We're talking about me flying all the way to Las Vegas. Mm, cry about it. No, hold I'll on, go, hold on, hold I'll on. Go hold I'll go to an Ikea in Las Vegas. No, no, but my point is you could go to any of those places in greater Los Angeles. I'm saying, but I, I'll go to an Ikea in, in Las Vegas if you want. Again, it's a lot easier than me flying across the country. What about this one? By the way, the, I like uh, those tar- the targets I hate, but like the, the good thing with this idea is Ikea and Costco both have food course like eating a Costco hot dog or yeah, a plate of meatballs cutting off an hour. It's really great. But, but truly Ikea, like the thought of being in Ikea for right now for 12 hours made me like get tense in the shoulders. Like I would fucking, I would, I would sit down and eat six plates of meatballs just to start the day. What if you had to fly to Cincinnati and be stuck in a skyline? Jesus. Well, skyline, you know, for 12 hours. That sucks and, for sure. And every cheese coney knocks off an hour. That that's a good one. But to be too, totally honest with you, like I, I could I feel like I could sit in a skyline. It would suck. But like 
They got TVs. You could watch sports Being around yeah. the kind of people that go to fucking Ikea and just like the way it moves. My problem is the way all those stores move. It really feels like fucking idiocracy. The carts moving around and fucking people fucking angling for samples. I like the Costco idea or Ikea. Mostly Costco because you can at least have a little variety of the food. I like the idea of you having to be on a couch. Although I do like the, the the variety of the food. Like what I liked about the Waffle House was like he had to eat waffles. It's like it's tough to eat the same thing over and over. Ah, uh, you know what I mean? Eating but, Ikea meatballs repeatedly. Yeah, like you couldn't do the Costco hot dog, then the pizza, then yeah. the turkey club sandwich. Like you're, yeah. you're saying like it's that, worse if you got to eat the same shit over and over. Yeah, I, I just I just imagine my my panic attack combined with like a high sodium pump from Ikea meatballs. Where, where, like, where are you sitting at Ikea? Are you just sitting in the... Honestly, if I was at Ikea, if I had to spend a day in Ikea, I would probably try to find like the most out of the way, like the, the least, like I would try to notice very quickly, like some piece of furniture that everybody just thought was disgusting and no one wants to go near. And I would just like, I, or like get in a bathtub or something like that. Like I would freak the fuck out. I'm, I'm stressed out thinking about it right now. I also saw somebody put that I should go to a Yankee game in Yankee stadium in a Jeter Jersey and a respect hat. And I was like, that's also, I was like, I'd have a hard time sleeping after that. I'd have a hard time. I think that's easier though. Cause that's a three hour, three, yeah. three and a half hour game, but it would like, done. but that would be, that would be more like of a soul crushing thing. Like that would be hard for me to like recover from long term, but it would be easier for me to do in the moment. Yeah. Okay. I, I like where this is headed. I think we're really honing in. I love how you guys have all just determined everybody, you, the dirt balls, like Ruther's got to fly to Vegas as a fucking Cincinnati Bengal tiger. You go to Vegas. You love Vegas. I do love Vegas. By the way, but- shout out to my boy, Jacob Hansen, who, you know, sent me some Miller Lite Venmo this weekend and was and was like some more Miller Lite money. And then I realized he's the same guy who sends it to me all the time. I'm like, man, Jacob Hansen's got like a quarterly Miller Lite dump. I love it. Well, this is a good segue then to our next call because it it's about Costco. Yo, boys, Captain Kook, aka Kook Meyer. Just calling in to ask, what the fuck is so special about Costco gas that people would wait in line for like 20 minutes for gas? Like, how much are you saving? Do you get a blowjob at the end of your tank? Like, seriously, though, if it's 50 cents off and you're driving a fucking Honda that gets 10, 10 gallons, are you are you going to wait 30 minutes to save $5? I don't know. It doesn't make sense. Maybe it's just the Costco by me. But uh, I thought Andy Luther, the Costco specialist, the Midwest man himself, would have an answer. Anyway, stay dirty, boys. Condoms are for uh, condoms are for never getting to hear Alan Farlow on Coups of Comedy. Oh yeah, that was disappointing. Um, it's not just where you're at. It's every it's definitely Costco. not just where at every Bro, Costco every, gas station is banana land in, in the country. I, I, I was looking at one driving on the freeway just in Milwaukee 
and I couldn't agree more. I, I totally Captain, agree with Captain I, Kook. I'm just I, like I, I agree too. My girlfriend's one of those ways. Like, I gotta, you want to get you want to take my Costco card and go? I'd, I'd I don't get just, it. I'd rather just go get gas. I don't get it either. I, I couldn't agree more as well. I'll, I'll third that. I, I the only time I fill up Costco gas is if I'm at a Costco and I'm low at gas. I've never understood it. And to be honest, I bet you no lie in the last five years, I filled up Costco gas in the last five years. Maybe five times total. Again, and you're Mr. Co- and you're Captain Costco. Be- because it's it's pointless. And Again, son. Yeah. You, you, it's only if you need gas and you're there. Like, I don't go out of my way. He's, he's exactly right. It's, it's probably like 30 cents you save. It's around there. And, so, and I, ha- yeah, so and, and I, and have I, a but, fucking 20 gallon tank that's on empty. It's yeah, not worth I, your time. And I have that car. I have the 11 gallon Toyota Corolla hatchback where 30 cents is saving me $3 and 30 cents. It's not worth it. I don't get these people. They're, they're nuts. They're, and they're probably, by the way, they're probably wasting half a tank of gas sitting there and idle. Yeah. They're it's, just idling in the Costco parking lot for a half hour and then saving yourself 50 cents total. <laughs> it's lunacy. I, I'm great call. Solid call. Captain Kook. Because he's hitting on something that I think a ton of people do. Yes. That probably listen to this show. Yeah. And I can't wait for and I can't wait for the response calls. I love it when we open up a Pandora's box like this. Like, yeah, no, I just, you know, I'm gonna go and and it's like some guys like, yeah, I save six dollars and fill up my car 14 you know times a month because I'm a driver and uh I've saved three and a half thousand dollars this year. And I also got my membership rewards points and I spent that on a television at Costco. Yeah. I, I will be curious. Like I said, if it's convenient, great. Like, like right now, take me. My gas, I got back from my trip last night. I have like 60 miles on my tank. I'm actually going to Costco tomorrow. It makes sense. By the time I get to Costco, I'll be at, I'll be at like 40 miles on that left. It makes sense. But if I don't go to Costco tomorrow for some reason, I'm just going to fill up locally. Yeah. I'm not, I, I think people schedule like, like they make that Scott, that Costco gas, like, like that becomes a part of the week's plans. I'll be like, I have to get gas. And my girlfriend will be like, do you want my Costco card? And I'll be like, absolutely not. The Costco's fucking five miles from here. And then I got to wait 20 minutes when I get there. And Costco's giving me panic attacks. What if you had to stay in your car for 24 hours at a Costco gas station? Oh my God. You have to just keep going round and round through and you don't ever fill up. Or, or I got to go on empty and I got to go around and around filling up one gallon at a time until I'm done. Oh my God. That would be panic inducing. It, 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 I will say, I don't get the panic attacks in there. It does give me anxiety when I see the lines at these gas stations. Ridiculous. It, it gives me anxiety. Like, like I stopped somewhere on the way to Milwaukee. I can't I wait st- to hear from the dirt balls that do this. I, I feel know like John Smith is a wait in the line of gas, Costco guy. <laughs> so like I just stopped to fill up gas probably about an hour outside of Chicago. I'm way up to Milwaukee, somewhere in Indiana. I stopped. I got a local barbecue joint, which by the way, was really good. I think it was mission barbecue or something. I don't know, but it was really good. And I saw that 
Prano, I, you could see it from the freeway. There was a line that was so far back at the Costco gas station of that town. And then I went to the BP where it was 20 cents more and there's nobody there. And I'm just thinking, who are these people wasting your whole day? Okay. This is, this might be one of the, I know this is one of the calls you want to hear. Prano, Mark Clasby, longtime dirtball, first time caller. I was just listening to last, uh, last episode of Dirtball Calls, and it got me curious. If DeGrom were to be a two-way player, would he be better than Otani? Uh, Condoms are for Florida State fans. My good friend, my dear friend, Mark Clasby. I've known Mark since high school, since maybe before high school. Mark, were you there before high school? You had to be. Anyway, he was a freshman when I was a senior on our baseball team. His dad was our baseball coach. His dad is one of the uh, driving forces behind the end can walks, the uh, end child abuse and neglect that I pitched a few times. So, so great to hear from the great Mark Clasby. You hung out with Mark in Texas. Oh, that's right. Ball game. Yeah. Yeah. And we gave Adam Hamari shit for nine full innings. Yeah. Also, that was also one of the great days of my life. Um, This is a great call. I think, uh, I think Jacob deGrom is an insane athlete. Like truly, I think he's one of the best athletes in baseball. Um, I think he could be a competent two-way player. I mean, he was a college shortstop that hits still. Um, But what Otani's doing at the plate, obviously not, not even close to the level of what DeGrom's doing at on the mound, but it's still tough to imagine that DeGrom like Otani is an all-star hitter and, and like, uh, Oh, I would say a, you know, above average to great pitcher. I wouldn't say he's a great, he's a very good pitcher. I don't know if, Jacob DeGrom could be a very good hitter, but I could be wrong. Like I'm, I don't say that confidently. I, I just, I don't think we've seen anybody like Otani man to be this good on both sides and, and to be an MVP candidate from the plate. Yeah. I mean, DeGrom's an MVP candidate on the mound. Sure. The, the, the only question mark is how good a hitter could DeGrom be how good a hitter slash like say shortstop or something like that could he be? Or let's just say we do the same thing as we do. What if he's like a DH, you know, how good of a player could he be? It's just tough to say he'd be very good, which is what Otani is on the mound. Yeah. It's tough. It's tough. But I say that very um, thoughtfully and like kind of skeptically about my own with skepticism of my own opinion. Like the guy didn't even fucking pitch barely. And he's the greatest pitcher we've seen in a long time. So the idea that he like kept being a position player and never stopped doing it. Like, yeah, maybe he could be fucking really good. I lean Otani with all apologies and skepticism to Jacob to goat. So I don't know if you saw this. It was announced during our show. Condoms are for Florida State. So Otani will be the American League uh, starting pitcher 
and bat lead off as a DH. I love it. I love it. Great. Lean into the fucking like baseball. Does he deserve to be the starting pitcher? Of course he doesn't. Of fucking course he doesn't. But great for baseball to lean into something that's exciting and fan friendly. And it's a fucking exhibition game. So, yeah, let him lead off and fucking pitch. I love it. Also, let Jacob DeGrom lead off and fucking pitch. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's we've had some good calls today. This is By the another- way, before we move on from Mark, I want to re- repeat something. I don't even remember if Mark told me, but I've used it when breaking ties. Uh, he told me one thing a long time ago. He's a, he's a Miami fan, which hence the condoms are for Florida State. The U. He's a fan of the U. He told me years ago uh, when he's when he doesn't know what to think about a game, he sees which team has more guys from the U, and he leans that way. And I've used that method in betting football games, like when I'm trying to like round out a parlay, and uh, I've got a game that I'm sort of on the fence about. I literally go the U tiebreaker, and it's worked more times than it hasn't. Interesting. I'd love to, I'd love to see Super Bowl records based on which team had more guys from the U. Yeah. God, they pumped out so many guys. Okay, this is another good question. This next call. Ruther, Prano, it's your boy, Double D, Dan Dalton from Salt Lake City. Hey, uh, random question for you guys. Would you rather be able to speak another language or play an instrument? And, and you could do both fluently or really well. Um, and which one do you think would get you late more? That's the call. Stay dirty, boys. Thanks. Uh, okay, so real quick, I don't know. It, it, it was, he was a little lower in his voice. A little low. So I, I couldn't get it any higher. So would you rather speak another speak language, language fluently, language fluently, or be fluentish at uh, an instrument? An instrument, and which would get you laid more? Yeah. To me, this is a no-brainer. I'm going with an instrument. Well, the instrument you're going to use more, depending where you live. Right, but also I think like the piano, for example. I wish I could play the piano. I when I, when I watch people play the piano, well. I just think it's so fucking cool. So, so the the late the late look, you know, you're gonna go piano, guitar, saxophone. Like, there's a lot of cool different instruments you could go. Drums. The thing about getting laid more, you would think it's instrument, but but just before we go there, dude, you're on a first date and you tell a lady, you, you fucking you, speak German or Cantonese or Spanish. Now, five it show, languages or it show, five instruments, well, that's a different story. It shows depth. I'm just saying, like, let's take L.A. Because there's a lot of Spanish-speaking people. If I'm in L.A. on a first date and I'm at a Mexican restaurant and I'm going through everything in fluent Spanish, that to me, that's a game changer. That girl's like, holy I shit. Mean, first of all, that is that's such a very small, that's like such a microscopic view. Think that, about being able to go through Mexico and South America and Latin America being able to speak Spanish, right? No, 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 exactly. I was I was just using that as, as an example. Now, my point is it's a little bit like now take Cincinnati. I tell a girl, oh, I'm fluent in Spanish. I I don't know. I, I would be curious, I would assume here's my argument the instrument would get you laid more. Here's my argument. Being a great 
guitarist or being a great pianist or saxophonist, I feel like you speak the universal language of music. You now speak everybody's language. Let's say you speak fluent in Spanish. You're like, man, I kill it in South America. But I go to Europe and it's like there's two countries where they give a fuck. And if I go to Asia, they don't care at all. You play the piano. You don't you don't have to speak any fucking language. You're in Norway. You're awesome at the fucking piano. You're in fucking Hong Kong. You're killing the piano bar there. Yeah, but but again, again, okay. I, I, it's not. It's a no-brainer for me. I, going I, I'm using first date as an example. I think I think a girl would be very impressed. Like, wow! I mean, you just sp- think of the scene in Anchorman. But but hold on, hold on. Until she's back at your place, she can't see your piano skills. I disagree. I go to the. I think I take her right to the fucking local piano bar. <laughs> Okay, and I crush it. That's a move. That's a move. Or go to a bar who has a piano, or go to a fucking yeah. Play the home court advantage. I get it. I'm going fucking music. I'm going instrument 100 times out of 100. Personally, I would love to be fluent, and I know if you really want to, you can. I would love to be fluent in a different language. Fucking get Rosetta Stone. I know. And guess what? This is a fun question for me because I'm literally incompetent at both. I am musically incompetent. I can barely play the guitar. I am language incompetent. I took French for fucking 15 years and still almost failed it in like year 12. The two things I'm fully incompetent at. I'd kill a man in cold blood if no one knew about it. And, I, and, it, and it meant that I was a piano genius after. I just murder a stranger. It's dark, but it's true. All right, we got a couple more calls. Um, we'll do a quick hitter for me. What's up, fellas? It's JT from Jersey here. Calling for a question to Andy. Um, I, I want to know your uh, baseball game edible, uh, you know, your habits. Like, what do you do? When are you taking it? Are you taking more, like dosing it out throughout the game, or are you just going heavy at the beginning? You know, what's the first food you're going to? You know, whatever. What's your vibe? Uh, I'm going to a fucking Yankees game in like a month, and I fucking hate the Yankees, and I'm thinking about getting stoned as fuck there. So uh, let me know. Stay dirty, fellas, and uh, condoms are always for Joe Bartnick. Poor Bartnick. Um, great question. Cause actually this, this just happened to me at the game the other day. I, I did, we all know I'm a lightweight, but I, I went hard this weekend. So I had, a, I had 10 milligrams. <laughs> so before the game Friday, we, we were smoking a lot too. And then I, and then I started off real light, you know, a little two and a half, a little, little, what I call the orange. Sure. Cap- <laughs> I, I, I call the, the little mint, I, you know, but we were smoking a lot. So I call, I call me the, uh, the housewife edibles. That was before we left his place, my buddy's place. Then we went to the I think bar. Our housewives would be like two and a half. You fucking little bitch. Then, then we went to the <laughs> bar a kid making dinner. Fucking bitch ass two and a half. Yeah. Then we went to the bar and uh, you know, my buddy had a few drinks. We both got some food. Then we popped a, uh, a five milligram. And then 
And then I got anxious. I was going to have the second five milligram after the third inning, but we got there pretty early. So I had my second five milligram, I think like middle of the second or after the first. So not much. I, I did 12 and a half milligrams and I was, I was really baked for the game, but I loved it. And I felt good all night. And then that, that would, that would be my advice is like, you, you want to get the hot, you figure it, it might take an hour to kick in. Yeah, for sure. Take early. Take it early. Take, take it on. If you're going to the Yankee game, take it on the subway. Yeah. Take it early. And it also, it before you leave it'll it also kick in on the subway. Yeah. It affects you. If you eat, if you exercise, like I, I've been doing kind of experiments with myself and I've been like Googling a lot of stuff. They say, if you exercise, it should go through your metabolism quicker. So like that day I just run five miles and I was like, it's going to go right through me, which is great. So I have a pretty high metabolism right now because I've been pretty active on my cardio. So it hits me within about an hour. And that one five milligram will last a few hours for me. So I'll just keep going. But I did do, I did do a 10 milligram on Saturday at once. And that was a mistake. I was too, too baked. I, I got to, I got to dose it. I know, I know it's so pathetic and it's so lightweight, 10 milligrams. But I will say this. I am so in tune with the games on edibles. Like that game, once that game started, I went to the bathroom maybe once or twice, got up for food once. Like I'm really in the game and all the sounds and watch. Like to me, it's a way better experience. And, and my buddy was agreeing because my buddy's like, oh, this is so much better than just being lit. Cause like I forget things. But when I'm, when I'm like stoned, you know, I'm honing in on the batter, the sounds of the crowd, whatever it is. I know this last call. Is this one you took notes on? I know it is. It's a good call. We'll, we'll, we'll get to the final call right now. Okay. Hey guys, Ryan Clack calling in from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. A music question for you today. What are your favorite debut albums? I know Prano is a big fan of the Strokes and is this it to really help the garage rock shift of the 2000s? Uh, I'm a big fan of the Arctic Monkeys, whatever people say I am. That's what I'm not. It's a fucking mouthful of a title, but a great album. And also uh, Pearl Jam's 10, which I think is a better album than Nevermind. Uh, maybe you can sprinkle your thoughts on that too. Stay dirty, boys. Um, what was this? What did he say in the middle there? I, I didn't, I haven't caught that and I've re listened. I didn't get that. Now, Nevermind isn't Nirvana's debut album, correct? Correct. Bleach was. Right, right. Um, so, I wrote down, I heard this question or I saw this as a title and I just, I just opened my notes app and I riled off what I could think of. I'm sure I'm missing ones, but like, you know, they say in no particular order, this isn't in no particular order. This is in the order that they came to me in my head. And, uh, I'm sure I'm missing some apologies. If your favorite band has a sick debut album that I'm forgetting about, but these are the Joe Prano immediately jumped to my head. I think there's eight of them. First one, as mentioned, one of my favorite albums of all time, the strokes, is this it? Uh, like I think unanimously considered their best album. Um, one of my favorite bands of all time, you know, definitely top three, probably bands of all time in my life, top three artists of all time. And just, an insane album that meant a lot to me when it came out 2001 New York city. So many things happening there post-college nine 11, everything for sure up there. 
Appetite for Destruction, Guns N' Roses. Okay, thank you. That was on my list. Guns N' Roses. Uh, I don't know if it's unanimously their best album, but it. But boy, did it fucking. Boy, did it put. I mean, it's a banger. And they just go from with with that album alone. They go from not having fucking published music to one of the biggest bands in the world on that album alone. Yeah, that's a huge deal. Uh, 36 Chambers, Wu-Tang, obviously another one of my all time favorites. And I think one of the great hip hop debut albums of all time. And obviously, when you think of debut albums, it's truly the debut album for seven artists that all went on to have fucking sick careers, as well as the clan themselves. Sticking with hip hop, Illmatic, Nas is Illmatic, I think is probably by most people's standards, arguably the greatest hip hop debut of all time, what, certainly by one artist. Hold on a second. So what about Biggie, Ready to Die? But bro, we're getting there. Okay. But you said okay. I would say I would say people think Illmatic is a better all around album than Ready to Die. Okay. But I agree, Ready to Die in terms of hip hop, also another incredible debut album 10 as mentioned uh i i i believe also i know we'll, we have our differences in this but yes i believe 10 is better than never mind i'm a pearl jam stan that's just the way it goes college dropout when we're sticking to hip-hop i think uh not kanye's best full album but a very good incredible another yeah. one goes from nobody to fucking huge in one album the band, another one of my fucking all-time favorite artists, music from Big Pink, um, in insane debut album and insane. Like the thing with the band that's tough is that they were a known entity as Bob Dylan's band prior to being the band, but still, as far as the debut album goes, they do it in the Pink House in Woodstock. It's you know, in my opinion, one of the great debuts. Sticking and the last two also hip hops, License to Ill. Oh yeah. Beastie Boys, um, once again, not my particular favorite Beastie Boys album. But what's your What's your favorite Beastie Boys album? I don't know. I go across a lot. Like the the thing with the Beastie Boys, and what it's what I love about them is a genre bending, you know, uh, group. Like obviously, it's all kind of hip hop, but like the style, sure, um, obviously changed so much. Um, but like the License to Ill, again, huge drop on the map, but also very, like, tongue-in-cheek. They're, like, the, some of the songs are making fun of themselves, some of which they obviously do throughout their career. But, like, musically, not the best album they had, but fucking insane debut. Um, And then another hip-hop one, which probably this might be the only one that people will be like mm, suspect but i actually think get rich or die trying is a sick debut album and in my opinion probably 50 cents greatest album and i think incredible at the time i think it's his best album too yeah and i think when it came out it was like i i feel like 50s career after not necessarily like totally after that but just like overall Maybe because of how great that album was as a debut, everything else has been a bit of a letdown by some people's standards. He took like, over when he dropped that. But that album was sick at the yeah, time. It was. With fucking patiently waiting with M and, you know, like just 
the, the features on it and PIMP, the, 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 the bangers that came out of it. Yeah. Fucking, you know, high all the time. I, I, when I hear in the club, I just, I just, it just takes me right back to junior year of college. That's when it dropped for me and every bar, every nightclub. I mean, you're right. The whole album is great. I, yeah. So those are the ones just randomly off the top of my head. I might say License to Ill is their best album for Beastie Boys. Really? Where else are you going? Ill Communication? Yeah. Ill Communication, Paul's Boutique. Like, I mean, I like, I like a lot of the latest. I just like a lot of the way they changed. I like their growth. Yeah. No, their, their growth is great. I, I don't listen. Like, I would say it's not even. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's top three in terms of like albums I listen to start to finish for them. Mm, interesting. But insane fucking debut. And you have to kind of jump off from something like that. If you're that band, if you're that artist, if you're that group, like they what, need. What, here's another big one. And I don't, I'm not saying it's in these wheelhouse, but it was another big one. At least I remember it. Cause I was also living in the city where they're from. Um, killers, hot fuss. Like, like when that dropped, I was in the city about a year later. Like it was such a big deal. And yeah. the killers were everywhere. It's funny. I've never like, that was a time where you had to like, you know, were you still buying music? I've never owned any killers music. I don't have any killers music downloaded on my phone. It's like all that stuff. It was huge. Yeah, you, you hear Mr. Brightside so much. You hear fucking the song so much that like I was like, uh, none of it fucking needs to. I don't need to like dive into this. And maybe I'm wrong. I know there's fucking crazy killer stands out there. Yeah, there are. I don't know. Interesting. And I'm sure I forgot somebody, but those that's my list. And it's very, you know, it's, it's a good very, list. It's very indicative of my age, my music stylings, my whatever. Yeah, Rolling Stone has a list. If anybody's interested, I, I just Googled real quick. It came out in 2013, so it's a little dated. Of what? Best debut albums ever? Yeah. They have licensed the ill as number one. Really? Yeah. Wow. You ha Do you have the list in front of you? I just closed it. Let me pull it up. Oh, I mean, let's give me, give me the top. 10. I'd, lo I'd love to know just the top 10. So this is from 2013. Let's see here. Sorry. License to ill number one. Yeah. Let's see who they got. Again, I mean, it's, it's eight years old. Let's see. Making me scroll. Sorry. Okay. They have license to ill number one. The Ramones number two. Self-titled album. Jimi Hendrix. Are you experienced? Number three. Number four. Appetite for Destruction. Okay. Number five. Velvet Underground and Nico. From the Velvet Underground. That came out in 1967. Straight out of Compton. Number six. A solid debut album. Never mind sure. the Bullocks, Sex Pistols. Just dropped in 77 at number seven. Number eight is your strokes. This is it. Number this nine, 
the band music from big pink which you already said number 10 is horses from patty smith wow so we got what did i get i got four four on my list are in the top 10 is that Ilmatic, right they have it number 11 okay so you have Illmatic, Strokes. Let me just see what else. Destruction, License to Ill. And Let me just, college dropout. They have at 19, Joe. They have Ready to Die at number 23. So it seems like my eight or nine are in the top 25. Wu-Tang, number 29. We're top 30. It's a little low for Wu-Tang, to be totally honest with you. Yeah, I mean, you got a lot. I, again, I'm going to go back to the Wu-Tang thing. It's like when you debut and like, it's like, it's like Star Wars or no, no, no. You know what it's like? It's kind of like, yeah, let's go to Star Wars. Like Star Wars is a, is Star Wars the best Star Wars movie? No, but like fucking look at everything that came after that. And first of all, I would argue 36 Chambers is the best Wu-Tang album, but look at everything that came after that. All the Wu-Tang shit, all the Method Man shit. All the fucking RZA shit, Jizza shit, fucking all, all of them, all of them, Ghostface, like yeah. all of it. That's crazy. It's it's like it's like the Marvel universe. Well, drop a call for us. Those were really good calls today. Thanks, guys. I thought those were mind and thought provoking calls that got us thinking. Three one zero three five nine eight three six five, and uh, let us know if you wait for an hour to put gas in your car at Costco and why um, that's it for me. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the dirty sports, drop a podcast review, put your Twitter, Instagram handle, and I will reach out to you and get you some koozies at Joe Prano on all social media, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, all the social media, except for Twitter at fix your life. Follow me on all those things. Uh, I got some shows uh, coming up that are going to be announced soon. Going to be getting back on the road, doing some traveling. So if you want to know if I'm coming to your town, two great places are joeprano.com for shows. Um, I'll be in Brooklyn. I'll be back in New York the 20th to the first, 20th of July to the 1st of August. I already have a show in Brooklyn lined up. For sure, more shows coming there. But also, the way everything is these days, just follow me on Instagram because all those shows will be announced on my grid in my stories whatever so come to a show follow me drink miller light do all the things listen to fucking filmatic listen to is this it listen to music from big pink all right well that is our show today much love to everybody for supporting and listening we'll be back in a few days have a great start to your week and as always stay dirty